I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, February 17th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Brett, I'm going to hearken back to this morning as we're recording this, where I get the peak in my inbox every morning, and I scroll down pretty quickly past the news, but... I want to tell you that today, for the first time since I've been doing it, the mini crossword in the newsletter, I got all the words and I got it in one minute, 53 seconds with no mistakes. And I'm kind of proud. I think I should get an Olympic medal for this. Well, you'll get a peak Olympic medal for sure. I'll tell you this, and this is going to be a bit embarrassing for me. I've tried the mini crossword multiple times and I just can never get it. Like, I'm just terrible at that. I bet with puzzles generally, like this is why I'm not particularly good at Wordle, but this mini crossword I find too hard. So it's, I, I, I've, I've put, I've sent it to the top and I told them to make it easier for me. <laughs> it's not the easiest, which is what I like about it. So when I did get it all, I kind of gave myself a little a high five. And the fact that I did it without mistakes in less than two minutes, I was pretty impressed with myself. And so this is not even a humble brag. It's just a brag. Well, Jay, I want to do a bit of a brainstorm with you. So Taylor, my co-founder at The Peak, he figured out how to make or recreate Wordle. And so we were thinking about making a Canadian Wordle version, but I'm not sure what it would look like. Maybe you can put in like you can put in Canadian spelling, you can use Canadian words, but it kind of runs out fast. It does. I mean, pucks would definitely be one. So I've already right. I've already chosen one. But five letter words are tough because they're it's hard to regionalize them. Maple. Maple is the other one, but it's like, it's tough. Like, I agree. And so I don't think we're going to do it, but it is, it is an option. So Timmy's, we'll is that five letters? No, that's six. Anyway, six, yeah. aside from, aside from a Canadian Wordle and my expert mini crosswording today, what do we have for Peak Pals? For our first story, Shopify sinks. For our second story, risky crypto. And for our third story, end of tracking. For our first story, you know you're in hot, some may say overheated sector, when you beat both your revenue and profit estimates, but your stock still falls 20%. That's what happened to Shopify yesterday after warning that revenue growth would slow in 2022 as the pandemic era e-commerce boom wanes. What's up with Shopify? So Shopify's revenue for 2021's fourth quarter was $1.38 billion. That's up 41% from a year earlier. And profits from the same period were posted at $1.36 per share, beating analyst projections of $1.26 per share. So it's pretty good. But Shopify also made it clear that they would not match their 2021 revenue growth this year, a warning that sent the stock tumbling to lows not seen since May of 2020. And if we zoom out, this is all part of a trend, Brett. Shopify's stock is down over 50% over the past 12 months, not because they are making less money, but because investors expect them to grow slowly in the future. Now, let's give some more background on this. Shopify benefited enormously from the surge in e-commerce during COVID-19, growing 94% between Q4 2019 and 2020 as shuttered stores opened online channels and customers changed their buying behavior. But Shopify doesn't believe that this level of growth is sustainable, particularly as COVID restrictions end and more people will return to brick and mortar shopping. And here's what's next for Shopify. Investor sentiment aside, Shopify is moving full steam ahead with plans to ramp up its logistics network, including building out a network of self-operated warehouses across the U.S. with the goal of offering two-day shipping in 90% of the country. The decision's a bit of a pivot from a previous strategy that would have seen Shopify partner with existing warehouses and the logistics companies to handle fulfillment. Brett, that takes us to why Shopify stock's performance really matters, which is... Well, investor pessimism is driving a broad stock sell-off of pandemic-era tech darlings. The tech-heavy Nasdaq is down 11% so far this year, and it remains to be seen which tech companies will thrive without the advantage of everyone being stuck inside on their devices. But 
Shopify's ambitious warehousing and fulfillment plans could give it a bit of an edge here. And so we'll have to keep an eye on this. For our second story, according to a new report from the Financial Stability Board, for some, the allure of cryptocurrency lies in the ability to use digital assets to sidestep the financial intermediaries that fall under government control. And the FSB thinks that's a problem. Jay, what do they find? I don't like that you're asking me that question after that lead-in, but the new report released by the FSB, a Swiss-based organization which monitors and makes recommendations for the global financial system, says crypto assets could present a significant risk for markets and calls for more regulatory oversight. I can just see the FSB leadership sitting in like some layer in the Alps uh, deciding this. So what happened is the FSB examined vulnerabilities related to three segments of the crypto asset markets, unbacked assets such as Bitcoin, stable coins such as US dollar backed Tether, and decentralized finance, and other platforms on which these assets trade. Now, the reports of the emergence of stable coins pose a unique threat for which growth has continued despite concerns about regulatory compliance, quality, and sufficiency of reserve assets. Just for some background here, the way Tether and other stable coins work is that for every Tether out there in the world, they're supposed to have one US dollar, which makes it tied to the US dollar. And there's questions about whether Tether or other stable coins actually have those reserve assets. And lastly, there are questions around standards of risk management and governance. At a more human level, there's been a rise in the number of people who use crypto to hide money in divorce proceedings and from tax authorities. And a recent seizure of NFT assets in the UK may serve as a deterrent to those hoping to hide their activities in crypto as federal authorities' capacities grow. So, Brett, why should we heed the FSB's warning about crypto markets? Well, first of all, for anyone listening, you might know that I am active in the cryptocurrency market, but I do declare all of it on my taxes. So there's no need to look any further. But the market capitalization of crypto assets grew by 3.5 times in 2021 to $2.6 trillion. They still make up a small part of the overall financial system, and the extent and nature of their use varies somewhat across jurisdictions. For Canadian regulators, they've already addressed some of the issues laid out in the report. Crypto exchanges are subject to securities requirements, which critics call fear-mongering, setting that the sector is still too small to present significant systems risk. But the risk grows alongside the adoption of cryptocurrencies. And judging by the number of crypto Super Bowl commercials, it's probably a safe bet to assume that crypto is only going to get more popular. Pretty, pretty, pretty true, Brett. That's my Larry David impression from the crypto That's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. For our last story, Google has announced plans to overhaul tracking on Android devices, the mobile operating system used by 70% of the world. Brett, let me just tell you, I'm in the majority with the 70% of the world. That's one small step for user privacy and one large pushback for digital advertisers. But Brett, what does Google have planned? Well, to understand Google's move, it's probably smart to start with Apple. So last April, Apple rolled out a software update that for the first time asked for permission before allowing an app to track your behavior. The move curbed the amount of data that app developers could collect and then sell to advertisers. Now, the around 75% of users, including myself, who've opted out of tracking have cut into the bottom line at companies like Meta, which depend on tracking users to serve up personalized ads. Now, Google replaced its current ID system, which bundles a profile around your interests and activities, with one that limits data sharing and selling to third parties. But in contrast to Apple, Google will work with app developers and digital advertisers on the tweaks, like crafting new methods to target ads to users, engaging the effectiveness of ad campaigns over the two years before making any drastic changes. Taking its sweet time is in Google's best interest now, as the company heavily relies on advertisers, obviously. Its parent company, Alphabet, made $61 billion 
with a B, and ad revenue in Q4 2021 alone, up 33% from the year before. Now, comparatively, Apple blindsided the ad industry by giving them under a year to prepare for the changes. And I'm just asking Google one thing. Please just leave Gmail tracking out of this. That would be great. And Jay, I want to take it home by telling the Peak Pals why Google's move matters. Well, whatever Google does, it kind of matters. But Google's changes mark yet another major upheaval to the $100 billion and fast-growing mobile ad market. Improving privacy features and giving users more control over their data, a growing demand from users, regulators, and politicians will come at a cost for companies that make money off those digital ads. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, I think I want to buy you an Android phone. No, don't do that. I'm just going to throw it out. Have a good day, Brett. (laughs) You too.